As it debates whether and how much to fund the IT modernization initiatives of the executive branch, Congress has its own modernization effort going on. I visited the co-chairs of the House Select Committee on the Modernization of Congress, Washington Democrat Derek Kilmer and Georgia Republican Tom Graves, in the Rayburn House office building. Here's an excerpt of my interview. You hear Kilmer first. About every 20 or 30 years or so, Congress recognizes that things aren't working the way they ought to. And they set set up a committee like this to um, try to figure out how to make things function better. One of the things that we'll be looking at in the fall, I think, is probably the thing that gets the most concern and causes the most damage is the dysfunction around the budget and appropriations process, which in recent years we've seen play out in government shutdowns and the threat of sequestration. Um, continuing resolutions where Congress sort of kicks the can down down the road. There was a committee last year that was set up specifically to look at the budget and appropriations process. That select committee, unfortunately, didn't come to any recommendations. And I think as a starting point come September, we're going to at least just revisit the work of that committee and see whether something can be recommended on that. So point. that's not a technology thing. That's a way of operating and talking to one another thing, or is it a technology thing? No, it's uh, that's, that's a great question. I mean, Tom, it's it's good to talk about this. I'm I'm really excited to be a part of this committee. It's uh, one of two committees in the House that are completely bipartisan. And uh, Derek has done a fantastic job of, of really establishing a, a tone of which uh, in tenor and, and expectation that we're going to get things done. We're going to challenge some very uh, uh, take some of the challenges of very difficult topics and and try to implement them, make recommendations and implement. But it's, it's a very broad range of a host of, of issues and such that ultimately lead us to a better place in which we can better serve our constituents and the American people. And so it's a lot of things. It's not just technology, uh, but it is, you know, it's transparency. It's uh, staff retention. It's uh, it, it, it's across the board, a lot of different concepts that we've uh, we've been touching on. But I would I would have to agree with Derek that one of the the greater things we could do uh, is uh, develop a system or a process that um, maybe you know, eliminates the breakdown of federal government funding uh, that continues to occur and we've seen has, has become very uh, consistent over the last several years. So, um, But there's a lot of big tasks, a lot of, a lot of fun topics to talk about, and we've heard from a lot of members. There's been a lot of input. Well, let's talk about bills specifically. I read them, and most bills, as you know, are simply legalistic changing laws in already existing parts of the code, and it's pretty hard for the average person to discern what they're really saying. And so Congress puts out summary sheets, or people interpret as they see fit, and then put out press releases and so forth from whatever side you're on on an issue. How can bills be made understandable? Is that even possible? Because the nature of a bill is rewriting codicils and subparagraphs. Yeah, this is something that uh, was part of one of the first recommendations. Uh, we made five recommendations as a committee already, all focused on improving transparency within government. And one of them was focused on that. You're right. Right now, by and large, when we try to change, uh, when there's a bill to change a law or an amendment to change a bill, it's largely gibberish, um, not just for members of Congress, but for the American people as well. And so if we're going to have a Congress that works better for the American people, sort of demystifying that and improving transparency is part of it. So there has been an effort underway uh, that you know that one of our recommendations is to, to enhance that and make sure it, uh, it continues so that you actually see the text of the law that's being changed and what words are being added and what words are being stricken. And maybe, Tom, you want to talk about, we had, Tom Tom actually did this in appropriations just to sort of test the theory of the case. Right. So you, you, you 
highlighted something that's really been a frustration of a lot of members that come out of the general assemblies of the states, in which whenever you're you're altering uh, the legislative or current legislation, or current code, you can see the edits and how they would occur. Well, here in Congress, you don't. In fact, if if uh, someone says strike section, you know, one A, it could be twenty pages that are being stricken, and no one knows what those twenty pages of words or code or law uh, are that are being stricken. And so we did this in appropriations. I offered an amendment uh, under our current format, and that is uh, strike this word, replace with this word, strike, replace, strike, replace. And, um, you know, there was opposition to that uh, until I provided comparative text that showed that really wasn't changing the context of anything, was just renaming, using different uh, nouns, so to speak, Mm -hmm. uh, to to demonstrate what we're trying to do here in the Modernization Committee, and that is uh, bring folks into the 21st century. We can do this. States are doing it. We can do it. Uh, But uh, so it's really been fun. And I guess I should highlight that, you know, when I mentioned the second, you know, committee in the House that's that's bipartisan, I mean, it's equal Republican and Democrat. And so, and it requires two thirds of a vote. You know, nine nine of us have to come into agreement out of twelve in order to make any recommendations. And so, our goal is to make recommendations that aren't just recommendations, but things that can get implemented and ultimately uh, provide a positive impact uh, on the process and uh, and the perception of how Congress is working for Americans. Because even PDFs can be made searchable. Right. <laughs> that would be a good start. Right, right. Having scrolled through a lot of thousand-page bills myself. Earlier you mentioned, Representative Graves, that retention of staff mm-hmm. was an issue. Now, the office that hears grievances by congressional employees has just been modernized, and there's been some implementation of statutes there, a huge step forward, I think, under Susan Sway Grunman. What else? Staff retention seems to be a really important issue because that's where the body of continuous knowledge really lies. Yeah. the We just had a hearing on this last week, and... It's a challenge, and it's a challenge uh, in part because uh, you see very, very substantial turnover uh, within the legislative branch. And unfortunately, when you see that loss of capacity, what fills that void is either the executive branch or lobbyists. And that doesn't serve the interests of the American people. And so we're looking at a a whole lot of levers that can be pulled. Some of it's um, looking at just sort of the rules of the road uh, within um, within Congress. Right now, you largely have 435 independent contractors who set their own personnel policies, may have their own benefit uh, uh, rules um, around family leave or sick leave or something like that. Uh, there's not any sort of commonality. So one of the things that came up was at least maybe establishing some broad guidelines and provide flexibility within those guidelines or providing best practice information, that type of thing. Um, you know, we heard some some testimony around everything from broadly compensation, including, including benefits, to, um, again, part of the way... Uh, uh, and this came up a lot in our hearing, part of the way you hold on to people is provide more opportunities for professional development. When people feel like they're getting exposure to new ideas, building new skills, it makes them more likely to stick around. And so part of the conversation was, are there ways to sort of systematize that to make this job more satisfying for uh, for the folks who work here? And one of Congress's biggest jobs, of course, is oversight of federal branch, of executive branch agencies. And that takes a lot of time, lots of hearings on all of those. Can that be modernized? Or is that is the perception that could be improved in some way to get real performance out of some of the agencies? 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I guess there's probably been some ta- some discussion around that from members making recommendations, but I, I think the focus that we have sensed has been what are what are areas you can address that directly impact the House of Representatives' operations process, um, ability to uh, connect with constituents and, and respond to constituents. How do you integrate technology, modern technology, and, and be able to swiftly transition to new technology? Um, you know, but even, you know, just talking about the staff retention, you know, if you think about the corporate world, and, uh, and, and oftentimes we like to say government should operate more like a business, uh, this is an area where we can learn a lot from the corporate world at how how you 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 engage the best and the brightest from all over the country you invest in them you 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 develop them and, and allow them to professionally develop over time and they're integrated into a, a culture that they just love and they want they wake up every day and want to be a part of and uh, and know that they have a future there um, you know but uh, Congress is a very different beast in that and that you know aspect and and so you end up with a lot of turnover so yeah a lot of talent a lot of intele- or institutional knowledge is always uh, rotating in and out the door and uh, it would serve us all better if, if it um, was able to, to stick around a little longer and uh, and continue providing counsel and advice because as Derek said it gets the void gets replaced let me let me chime in on the oversight issue you know one of the recommendations we made and I think it actually does get somewhat to the issue of congressional oversight you saw unanimous support out of committee for um, for basically creating a one-stop shop that would keep track of expiring agencies and programs Right now, what happens far too often is uh, when a program or even an agency within government expires, it just sort of goes on autopilot. And within the appropriations process, uh, Congress continues to appropriate to that program without necessarily doing the sort of, okay, let's evaluate what's working, what's not working, where might improvements be made, um, should we rethink how this gets done. And I think that where that becomes important is uh, uh, to the taxpayer, right? To 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 your everyday American. Uh, you know, I think um, in our families we we make those sorts of evaluations around the kitchen table all the time. Uh, that doesn't happen enough, I think, within government. And uh, to some degree, I think Congress too often just goes on autopilot. And I think this this provides an avenue to. Um, at least set the table for highlighting what is expiring and maybe create, in essence, a to-do list for Congress to, to reauthorize some of these things and do that sort of tough decision-making. Because if I understand it, the bifurcation of authorization and appropriations is not a constitutional construct. It's basically a rule that's become a way of life. So it could be the tracks could reconnect at some point. Sounds like you're saying. Um, maybe, but the, the, I mean, I think at, at the very least, having uh, some sunlight and transparency on what's expiring um, and like what's... The FAA w- goes away next week. Yeah, folks. right. <laughs> yeah. You want to you, you want to draw Congress's attention to sure. that. And I would argue you want to draw the American people's attention to that. Well, I'd like to highlight one one item because you're absolutely right. There are many unauthorized programs that are, are currently being funded that need to be reviewed and renewed. Um, Violence Against Women's Act is expired currently. Um, but through appropriations, it's, it's being, uh, funds are being appropriated toward, towards it, which it, it should. 
but I think we all agree that the renewal of that authorization is is worthy and it's due because we should review uh, uh, on a regular basis these policies as it relates to violence against women or FAA or flood insurance, whatever it might be, because things change, times change, and uh, priorities should change as well, and we should adjust with that. And that's just one great example that lies before us today. And one of the proposals has to do with lobbying disclosure. Of course, one person's special interest lobbying is another person's vital interest for their economy and their lives and their livelihood and their communities. Mm-hmm. So depending on how you look at a lobbyist, what's, what, what's the general thought there? Just simply disclosure so people know who's telling who what? Yeah. The, um, there are some requirements right now uh, so that when you register as a lobbyist and you're lobbying for an entity or on a subject, uh, there's a disclosure requirement. Where that becomes confusing, frankly, again, uh, for the American people, is that there's not a single identifier for the lobbyist. So you could be um, uh, you could be uh, uh, registered as lobbyist, you know, Tom Temin. You could be lob- registered as in another instance as Thomas, uh, or in another instance as Thomas and your middle name. Uh, and as a it's con- almost like the federal procurement system, where mm-hmm. Boeing is in there seventy-five times. That's so. the The issue we're trying to solve for is to create a single identifier so that it's less opaque to to the American people. Again, if you're going to try to drive accountability within the system, um, transparency is a key part of that. I think this is one of the more productive, exciting committees to be a part of and to watch and to monitor right now. Uh, and this it, is a committee, we should point out, not a caucus. This is a caucus. special select committee that was created for this Congress because of the growing frustration that uh, we all know and sense is out there about the, the product of Congress. But what's exciting about it is we're producing great recommendations that are going to improve um, uh, the way this place operates. And we've done it in a way that's been bipartisan. And uh, the first time a special select committee has passed bipartisan recommendations in over two decades. And so uh, we're, we've started with great success, and we're going to build and build on that success. And uh, But this is one of the more exciting committees to be a part of, and appreciate Derek's uh, leadership with it. Thanks. We've, we've got a good partnership on the committee. It's six Democrats and six Republicans. I give a lot of credit to Tom and the Republicans on the committee. You know, we did something different on this committee. You know, even as we staffed up the committee, we decided to just collectively hire a team to try to solve problems rather than dividing the number by two and putting half of our staff in red jerseys and half of our staff in in blue jerseys. And that's not always how this place functions. And in fact, it's almost never how this place functions. I've noticed. um, (laughs) We're we're trying to do something a little bit different, again, in hopes of, of having this institution work better for the American people. Washington Democrat Derek Kilmer and Georgia Republican Tom Graves co-chair the House Select Committee on the Modernization of Congress. There's more to the interview. We'll post it in its entirety at federalnewsnetwork.com. Listen to the Federal Drive On Demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.